Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Essentials, Foundations of Christianity. So let me brag on a couple of people real quick as we get rolling. Uh, Nick and Lisa are out of town. Uh, Julia, their daughter, has a competition this weekend, and then they're going to spend some time at the beach. But uh, Teresa, for you to pick up and lead the way you do and... Uh, for the first time, for the first time, uh, I mean, she's played keys, but she's like, she, she had this mind monster or the enemy was like, you're not good enough to play guitar and you broke through that fear, picked it up today. Awesome job. Give it up for Teresa. Great job leading. Just an incredible team. I love you. And I'm so proud of you. And one of the guys in our church, uh, he's been here, he's been a part of our family here, not only at the church, but just uh, for Barb and I over the last uh, four or five years at a really deep uh, personal level is my buddy Luke. Luke is in the Navy, and uh, he was fortunate uh, to be able to get just a, a, a quick weekend off to come home. And uh, yesterday, he proposed to his beautiful fiance, Sydney. Luke, Sydney, stand up. Give it up for them. So, so excited for you guys. Look at them. Yes. Awesome, Luke, Sydney. What a beautiful, beautiful couple. So a lot of cool things happening every day. Uh, Painful things are happening and heartache and I mean there's highs and lows and I mean life has a way of just being peaks and valleys, does it not? It, it really does. So anyway, we're going to celebrate, we're going to weep, we're going to cry, we're going to pray, we're going to go through, we're going to go through it all. Grab your bulletin, insert, grab a pen. Uh, if you want to take notes on a tablet, this is a teaching. It's going to be uh, very much uh, just concentrated on teaching today. Um, Please take notes. All of our sermons are online, www.thecrossloganville.org. Uh, my five pages of notes that I'm using today will be online. Access them. All of my sermon notes are online, videos, audios, podcasts. You can access it all. So make sure you take advantage of it. Discernment. The psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 66, this is his prayer. Teach me good discernment. Teach me good knowledge. Lord, I need discernment. I need knowledge. Anybody in the room need good discernment and knowledge today? Come on. The word discernment comes from two Greek words. It comes from the word anakrino. Anakrino. It means to examine or judge closely. It also comes from the word diacrino, uh, which means to separate and investigate. So when we think about discernment, we're thinking about examining, and we're thinking about investigating, and we're thinking about separating. Let me give you uh, just a simple working definition. In its purest definition, discernment is the ability, the ability to determine and make critical decisions when it comes to right, wrong, good, bad, uh, unholy, holy, uh, things that are righteous and evil, when we think of being discerning, we're thinking of being able to determine and decide what's right, wrong, good, or bad. And we live in a society, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if we ever needed to be a discerning people, it's today. There's so much junk being thrown. Uh, we live in a postmodern culture. Uh, there's so much anti-God and liberal stuff being propagated today. We, we're desperate to be able to discern. Now, 
in college, my major was criminal law and criminal justice. And I've always kind of been fascinated with this whole thing of investigating, separating, examining, if you will. Uh, at Troy, I majored in criminal law, criminal justice. My uncle was the sheriff up in uh, Polk County, Cedartown, Georgia. Spent time with him, but I was fascinated with forensics, etc. So even now, a lot of my free time, uh, what little I do have, but when I have free time, and if I'm going to watch something, if it's not a sporting event, I will watch First 48, I'll watch forensics, I'll watch something along that way, uh, just because I, I, I think it sharpens us to be able to think through arguments, etc. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 21 and 22 says, examine or discern everything carefully. Discern it. Uh, determine, make critical decisions when it comes to everything. Be careful. Or discern, examine, scrutinize, hold fast, or take possession of that, which is good. Hold on to that, which is good. Abstain or turn away from all forms of evil. So we're told in Scripture, even 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul was writing to this church that was basically checking out. Uh, they, they had really almost quit trying. Uh, Jesus is coming back, man, we can chill. He's like, stop it. You, you need to examine. You need to discern. You need to check out everything carefully. Dan, as you guys are doing this class on spiritual warfare, it's about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It's about putting on the armor of God so that I can stand against the schemes of the devil. It's about being discerning. And it's about examining everything carefully. Now, if we're going to do that, we've got to have something to measure everything against. And so for me and for us at the Cross Loganville, everything is measured or weighed against the word of God. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of God remains forever. All scripture is inspired by God. So we believe this book right here is true. For all people, all places, all times, it has no expiration date. So we've got to know truth. Uh, discernment is thinking and seeing things the way God sees them. It's thinking God's thoughts. It's, uh, it's the ability to see things biblically and accurately as God says they are. Discernment is shifting from logical thinking to theological truth. You can't just be a logical thinker. We've got to move to the realm of the theological. God doesn't want us to function in the natural. He desires to see us embrace the supernatural. God is leading us to see things from a theological perspective. Truth in its purest definition separates. Truth excludes. We live in a society that is pushing that you must be all-inclusive. It is absolutely a violation of truth. You cannot have truth and be all-inclusive. You can't. The purest definition of truth is it excludes. My wife is Barb Cash. It's not any other name. It's not Sandra. It's not Teresa. It's not. My wife is Barb Cash. We got married December 1st, 1990. I know her. No other name fits. No other date fits. And let me tell you this. I was saying this in the first service about my son Jesse and his birthday. And I got his birthday wrong. <laughs> I'm looking at him going, 
Barb's dad was born either the 7th or the 9th of August, and Jesse was born the 7th or the 9th. And I'm like, ah, oh, did I get that one right? And as soon as Barb walks in, she goes, as soon as you said what you said, Jesse texted and said, dad just busted my birthday wrong. <laughs> so I went the safe route on this one today, second service. But truth in its purest definition separates, guys. It excludes. It really does. We're told in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. 1 John 4, 1, I would memorize this one. Pretty much everything I'm going to share with you, I would memorize is, is in regards to the scripture. But we're told, do not believe every spirit. Don't, don't believe every spirit. There, there's a lot of people that are jumping up saying, I got this word from God, and I got this revelation from God, and God gave me this dream, and don't believe every spirit, but test, examine, discern the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. Listen, listen, listen. God has spoken to each and every one of us, and collectively in the word of God is his will. He will never share with you in the spirit selectively something that contradicts what he's already spoke collectively. There, there's a lot of people that claim to have this revelation from God, insight from God. Steve, you, you've seen it, brother. And, and what they share in the selective is in contradiction to what God has already spoken collectively in the word. Test the spirits. Meeting uh, with a young man this week. and uh, Yeah, my wife... Uh, separated and she wants a divorce there's no abuse there's no adultery there's no abandonment there's no no she just i think i got married to a young woman now you, you entered into a covenant but god's given me peace about this decision what god not the god of the bible not the god of truth the god of convenience that's the one most bow to about to in our society test the spirits to see whether they're of God or not, because, because, because many false prophets have gone into the world. I would circle that because. Why do I need to discern? Why do I need to know truth? Why do I need to be saturated with the word of God? Because many false prophets and failure to discern between truth and error will leave you gullible to a lot of different kind of jacked up teachings. False teaching leads to an unbiblical mindset, which results in disobedience and compromise. When you walk away from truth, absolute truth, you're opening the door for compromise. And subtle compromises will destroy your life. Slippery Slope, C.S. Lewis, in his book, Screwtape Letters, said this. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slopes, the one without sudden turns, without milestones, without signposts. The safest road to hell is the gradual one. I don't know of anyone whose first high was heroin, sipping a little booze, smoking a little weed, and gradually the slope becomes slippery. And you continue to just get way, way, way off course. 
Those people that followed Jim Jones to Guyana years ago, there is no way they woke up one morning and said, you know, I think one day I would like to sip some cyanide Kool-Aid and die. But I think they were fascinated with this so-called prophet. They started hanging with him, listening to him, endorsing him. They did not measure anything he said against biblical truth. They saw what they had, went to Guyana, and then they eventually drank the poison and died. They didn't wake up wanting to do that. It was a slippery slope. It was a slow fade. And there's people under my voice today, you've opened the door for a slow fade. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Listen to me. Most Christians today, most people that even identify as Christians today are not prepared to take a biblical stand against the evil of our world. You would go, why? Because they like depth and they like discernment. So any form of doctrine, and there's a lot of stuff you can listen to. There's a lot of teaching that, that's pretty close to truth. But it's that 5% or 10% that can absolutely lead you astray. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, God in his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. God has granted to us everything we need for life and godliness through the true knowledge of his own glory and excellence. He has granted to us his magnificent promises so that by these promises of God, you can become partakers of the divine nature of God, escaping the corruption that is in this world. God is good. God loves us. God has given us proper doctrine, proper direction, proper theology. So once we come to submit to the Lordship of Jesus and follow the teachings, we can escape the corruption of the world. What safeguards me? The Word of God. What helps protect me against these false prophets? The Word of God. God says right here, in his divine power, he has granted. The word granted means he has made it available to everyone who has been given access to the things of God, his divine nature, life, godliness, etc. Every person who has repented and responded to the gospel. I want to walk in that. Don't you? I want to be prepared. I want to be equipped. I don't want to have my lunch handed to me by the enemy. But we live in this world where Satan, man, I'm telling you, he's coming at you and he's trying to take you down. This is very interesting to me. The key to living a victorious life is knowing Christ personally through faith and repentance. It's knowing the word of God. It's knowing his principles. And then it's living these principles out. You're going to go against the flow. You're not going to be applauded. You're, you're going to be viewed as a freak at times when you do so. Well, you're going to be viewed as a freak anyway. You might as well be a freak for Jesus. If you're going to be a freak for something, all of us are freaks. But, but, but listen, spiritual discernment is crucial. It's in your bulletin, three simple thoughts. It's crucial. One, the world in which we live is saturated with evil. The world is saturated with evil. Once Satan fell and God kicked him out of heaven, and he took a third of these angels with him, 
the demonic forces around us. We live in the world, but we do not wage war as the world does. My buddy John and I were talking about this morning. We see one dimension. There's all these other dimensions taking place, brother. There is a spiritual dimension going on. And Satan is out based on John 10.10 with a slick approach to steal, to kill, to destroy, to take you down. Peter says he's like a roaring lion. He's just looking for anyone to devour. And you've got to know truth. And early on in my Christian journey, I didn't know truth. I, I was trying to learn truth. I wanted to walk with God and know God. But I've shared with you here, this, this verse right here became a, a pivotal uh, pillar, if you will, it, foundational in my journey. I mean, early on, save for about three months, and this girl at this particular church where I was going, I, I was born again three months. And she came up, and she goes, if we lived in the time of Solomon, you could be one of my, I could be one of your concubines. I'm like, you're jacked up. I mean, I'm trying to come out of the world. I'm trying to escape the evil that's in the world. I don't want a stinking concubine, porcupine, or any other kind of bind. I didn't, I didn't need that. I'm like, what's up with that? But I remember I told my buddy Walter, who was mentoring me, I said, man, that's jacked up. And he came over. And he, he, he opened up the Bible. He said, uh, I got a verse I've been praying about. I know, you, I know you ticked about it. And I said, yeah, I'm ticked. Why would I want to go there? I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm coming out of, the corruption. He said, I, I, I got a verse for you. And he said, uh, open your Bible to 2 Corinthians 11.3. I'll open my Bible. He said, let's read it together. I said, all right. And it says, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Just as the serpent tempted Eve with all of his craftiness. I'm afraid that your minds would be led astray from simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. He looked at me. He said, Brother Tim, listen to me. Paul was praying for the, the people in Corinth. It was carnal. It was chaotic. It was jacked up. They, they were crazy. And Paul was praying that the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus would be their focus. Because Satan was coming to deceive them and rip them off. He said, let's me and you make a pact right here. Let's me and you make a deal. I said, what is it? He said, let's me and you pledge that we will focus on the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus and let God deal with them other people ever how he wants to. And I said, I'm in. And I'm telling you, listen, listen, listen. This was early, probably February of 1986, and driving that stake in the ground some 30-something years ago was an anchor for where I'm at today. I'm afraid, just as the serpent tempted Eve, that you would be led astray, that you would endorse false prophet, that you would read and, and embrace teaching this against the things of God. Don't do it. And man, when I drove that stake in the ground, it freed me. Listen to what he says in verse 13, chapter 11. Some men are false apostles. Some are deceitful workers disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan don't come in darkness. Satan doesn't come with horns and a pitchfork. He disguises himself. He tries to look at, as close to righteousness as he can, even though he's evil. He goes, watch how he disguises himself. 
He said, it is not surprising if Satan's servants, Satan's servants, yes, those who are false prophets, those who are extra biblical, those who are unbiblical, it's no surprise if Satan's servants disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. It's no surprise that they knock on your door and say, we're coming in the name of the Lord. It's no surprise that they come with information that even has scripture on it. It's no surprise, he said. But you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and the truth will be a safeguard for you. See, God is moving us to a place to say, you know what? Even though I live in this world, I don't wage war as this world does. I've got to know what truth is, and it helps me differentiate what an imposter is, what a poser is, uh, people that are in disguise. I go, that's not true. And I've had people say stuff, hey, brother, God's given me a word for you. Oh, really? So my God has all of a sudden started stuttering. He's become silent. His inability to speak to me is disturbed, so he's going to use you? Now, you better make sure that when you've got a word of God for me, it better be a word of God for me. Because you love living under grace in the New Testament, because if you would have had this word way back and it didn't come to pass, you would have been stoned. And so we could clean the church out in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Mama, can you take that brother on back in the back and stone him? Take that sister back there. She's, she's nuts. She lost her mind speaking. Well, the Lord has said, Trevor, come on, you better differentiate. So here's, here's where I would go. Right and wrong is not always obvious, but when we're discerning, it allows us to see the truth about a person, a situation, or a circumstance. Got to calm it out. We're less likely to fall in Satan's traps. Second reason that discernment is so crucial is that we make our choices, but then our choices make us. And I want you to think, just stop and think about some of the choices you've made over the last days, over the last weeks, over the last months. And some of these choices we make have irreversible consequences to them. I I made this choice. What is your thought process or what is the sifter that you use to pour a thought through before you act on it? And sometimes in, in in the heat of the moment, we have to make choices and decisions. What, what am I coming out of? What are the principles that, that guide me? What are the non-negotiables? What have I settled in my heart? Because sometimes if you're not careful and you don't have truth and you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, you can make an emotional impulse decision that ends up costing you greatly. And I see that happening at times. Man, I just acted out. But stop. Count to 10. Count to 20. Uh, being able to think biblically, critically, with truth. Hold on. Let me, let me think through this one for a second. You, you remember the story in 1 Kings, chapter th- uh, 1 Kings 3? I, I was pondering this this week where these two ladies that were harlots, that's what they're called in Scripture, uh, they came to Solomon and both were claiming that this baby was theirs. Remember the story? And, and it said that the one lady had rolled over during the night and suffocated her baby, and she went over and stole the other lady's baby, and the lady's baby that she had stolen said, no, no, that's mine. And the girl goes, no, it's mine. So they finally got to Solomon, and they're like, uh, this is my baby. And she goes, no, it's my baby. And Solomon says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Give me the baby, 
and let's cut the baby in half, and I'll give you one half, and I'll give you the other half. And, and the one lady whose baby it was said, no, don't kill that baby. Give it to her. And Solomon just stood there, and the scripture says, he says, uh, I know whose baby it is. Give the baby here. It's her baby. She don't want to kill that baby. It's hers. And he was talking about discernment. And I was like, man, in the heat of the moment, hold on, y'all are heated about this thing. So somebody's usually lying, but there's usually enough threads of truth that make it sound somewhat, mm, okay, hold on, I, I got to get some more information. And when you, we were dealing with a situation here recently, Barb was, when a person comes to you and asks for counsel and they're by themselves, be careful because people are apt to fragment their disclosure. They will disclose just enough fragments to protect themselves or present themselves to stay in the light. Sometimes it's like, hold on, we got to get multiple people involved in this one so that we can understand what truth is. You follow me? So discernment is crucial. We make decisions and then our decisions make us. Second, uh, the second chapter of Titus Verse 11 says this, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, praise the Lord, instructing us to deny ungodliness, worldly desires, and to live wisely, righteously, and godly in this present age. Why did God uh, provide salvation? To rescue us, to set us free, but he wants us to live wisely. He wants the worldly desires inside of us to be crucified. You, you can't live in freedom and, and live in the light and live for the glory of God if you're still pacifying your worldly desires. Move. Number three, stay in immature is not an option, guys. It's not an option. I mean, have you ever said, I thought he or she would know better than that? I mean, we expect babies to act like babies and children to act like children, but sometimes we see people do some stupid stuff and we're like, are you serious? Some of the carnal stuff that you deal with at times, even underneath the umbrella of church, you're scratching your head going, for real? You're that immature? The writer of Hebrews chapter 5 says in verse 12, this, this is crucial. I remember, I remember reading through Hebrews right after I got saved, and this one just kind of hit me. By this time, you ought to be teachers. By what time? You've been around the faith, you've, you've set in on Worship services, let's say you've been in it for three, two, three years. Yeah, I've been going for two or three years. I've been reading the word for two or three years. I've been praying. What, by this time, you ought to be teachers. But you have need, again, for someone to teach you the elementary principles of God. You've come to need milk, not solid food. Solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, practice. They've implemented. They practice doing what glorifies God. They're practicing the presence of God. They're practicing serving, giving, loving. Because of practice, they have their senses trained to discern, to discern, to discern good and evil. And I've thought that at times. I mean, some of the junk that you put up with are people who claim to have been in the faith for five years and 10 years and 20 years, Chet, you, you deal with it. And it's like you're, you're sitting there going, you ought to be teaching and leading others, but you're still sucking Gerbers. 
For real? I mean, I came in the other day. They're starting some renovation in the cafe, which is going to look great. And Kara, Rick and Kara's little baby was over there with one of those little juice pack things with carrots and peas and carrots and applesauce, whatever it was. And I was like, oh, how cute. How cute. But if I walked in and saw Nick over there sucking on one of them things, I'm like, for real? <laughs> Dustin, what are we doing? This is good. You got stinking teeth. Use them. The goal of every believer should be to mature. It, it should be. We want to mature. Every Christ follower has the responsibility to grow up. Can you develop spiritual discernment? Yes. How? That's where I want to roll in closing here. All right, so we can grow up. We don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to stay immature. We don't have to stay in stranded adolescence. There's not a person under my voice that has to stay immature and stuck and is not growing doing that. You don't have to. How do you, how do you develop spiritual maturity? This is crucial. Number one. You can't always trust your heart. People will say that. Hey, man, just trust your gut. Mm, based on what I had last night, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Spiritual people have said that, all right? Hey, brother, just trust your heart. Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful, sick, wicked. Who can understand it? I don't want to trust my heart. There is a great chance I'm in the predicament I'm in because I went with my heart. I want to trust God. I want to trust the Holy Spirit. I want to trust the Word of God. How'd you get where you're at? I was just trusting my heart. How's that working for you? Even Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 4, I don't even trust my own judgment. It is the Lord who will examine me and decide whether I'm faithful. Our flesh is fragile. Our flesh is weak. Why'd you do that? Just trust in my heart. Don't. People have said that over the years, brother. You've counseled with people. Just trust your gut. Trust your heart. Don't. Don't, don't do that. Trust God. Trust the word. Second thing, how do I develop it? Number two. Seek godly, Christ-centered counsel. I mean, I don't want to deceive myself. I want to lean in. I was meeting with my buddy Richard, who does a lot of our counseling here, and he's like, man, I was talking to Chet, who's a Christian counselor, and he's like, man, we're, like, Chet, I'm going to need some help on this one, man. This one, this, this one right here is a little complicated for me. What do I do? I said, that, that's good. He was talking to me about it. And I said, this one right here is, you're going to be overmatched in dealing with it because you're dealing with a, a narcissistic hedonist that don't want to do and change right now. And the only reason he's probably meeting with you is trying to just save face enough to patch this marriage up so that it makes another week. He, he don't care who all gets hurt. And he's not even looking for strategy and answers and hope and healing. He, you know anybody like that? But I got to seek godly counsel. Second Timothy 2, the Lord's bondservant, must be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of truth. Who's the godly people? 
Who are the ones who have sound counsel? Who are the people I can lean into? So here's what I would say to you. Watch who and watch where you get your information. Where am I getting my information from? Who am I trusting to be the presenter of this information? Years ago, years ago, I'm going to brag on this gentleman today. He's in his 80s. But years ago, uh, I met a guy in 1986 after I came to faith in Christ. Okay? I came to faith in Christ in 85, 86. I go to this Christian conference. And uh, while I'm at that conference, I'm, I fly back to Atlanta. And there was a guy by the name of Mike Moy that I met at this conference. And he and I sat next to each other. Now, Mike was working as a sports agent with a guy by the name of Robert Fraley. Robert Fraley was a well-known sports agent at that time. Robert Fraley would later die on a plane crash because he was the agent for Payne Stewart, the golfer. And when Payne's plane went down, Robert was on that plane. Now, Mike had moved to Atlanta to start his own kind of branch and do his own sports agent stuff. And Mike has represented a ton of players. But I remember early on after Mike got here, this was like the mid-90s. Barb and I moved back in like 19... Uh, 93, October of 93. So this is like 1995. Mike said, hey, come down to my office. I go down to his office. And his dad, Jim Moy, who's with us today, Jim was there. And I remember Jim looking, saying, it is absolutely crucial that Mike gets godly people in his life, that Mike gets as much godly counsel. We're praying this brother up, etc." But I started leaning in to Mr. Jim Moy. And Jim's out here today because Jim is the one that introduced us to Miss Ida, who now has become a part of our family. But I, I, I'm like, I, I want to hear from Mr. Jim. Mr. Jim's been a part of ministries. He started ministries. He's got stuff going on. He's been a part of all over the world. And when I think of wise counsel, I'm like, I think of Mr. Jim. He's sitting here, but I'm like, man, that dude poured into me going all the way back to the mid-90s. He's poured into me in certain areas, financially, going to spring training. Hey, you're going down there. You need help. I'm, I, I want to be a part of what God's doing with you. And I was like, who are the godly people in your life? But I remember sitting there that day thinking, man, what a head start my buddy Mike had because of the godly influence of his daddy breathing life into him. Man, that's a head start for some of us. Here is another one. Hey, watch, watch where you're getting your information. Watch what podcast you're listening to. What, watch, kind of, watch what kind of doctrine they're sharing. Sift through and see if it's biblical or extra biblical or whatever. Sift through it because I'm telling you, you can crack that door like Lewis said, and it's just that slope, that slippery little steady slope that leads to destruction. Three, evaluate, eliminate. First Thessalonians 5, examine everything, 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 examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Everything, examine it. What, what, do you, what do you mean by everything? Uh, music, movies, uh, apps, video games, fashion, what you put in your body, what you put on your body, what you put around your body, what? Examine it. What are you putting in your body? What are you putting around it? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Examine. Discern. What are you saying? 
evaluate and eliminate. He goes on to say, abstain, verse 22, from every form of evil. Point four, avoid evil. Your playgrounds, your playmates, your play toys. I talk about those three areas with you. But your playmates, who, who are your associates? Playgrounds, what are the arenas that you kind of expose yourself to? Your play toys, what are the appetites of the flesh that you've allowed to kind of be groomed and to grow that you know are opposed to the will of God? I think about abstaining from every form of evil. You know what I think about? What areas am I weak in? Where am I weak? What, what have been the things that I've done that hurt me? Here, here's another one. Avoid evil. What kind of people bring you down? Well, what kind of people bring you down that you still are accommodating? Man, we got to unplug from that one. That one's got to get kicked off the boat. Where have you fallen in the past? Where are you tempted the most? Avoid evil. We're even told avoid the appearance of evil. And I remember way back, like going on a trip. Yep. Hey, Barb, I'm going to take Benji with me on this trip, or I'm going to take Jesse on this trip. Whatever it was, I'm taking one of my kids with me. They're going to be with me. We're staying at the same hotel in the same bed. My boy's got, here's where I'm going to be, but I'm going to room with so-and-so on this trip. Here's, here's where I'm at. Now we got that Life 360. Now, if you want to know where I'm at, check it out. You don't use that just for your kids. I'm okay. You want to read my text? You want to read my email? You want to see? Here. Don't hide. Avoid evil. Here's the fifth one. This is foundational. If you pull this thread right here out of my life, everything else unravels. Read, study, and know the word of God. Everything in my life falls apart if you pull this thread out, the word of God. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. They don't have any knowledge. They don't have knowledge of truth. They're, they're, they're not knowledgeable. They're not wise. They're not discerning. They're, they're destroyed. My people are getting destroyed. And again, most Christians are not able to stand against the evil because of a lack of knowledge. I, I, I don't know. We don't have to stay stuck unless you're committed. I'm telling you right now. And unless you're armed, Satan can absolutely tear you to shreds. How do I uh, develop spiritual maturity? James goes, uh, any of you like wisdom? Yeah, I like wisdom. Praise the Lord when you said, cover your head, because then boys said, four. And I was like, yes, they just yelled four. Ooh, I'm glad it hit my hand and not my head. Maybe that was why. I, I need wisdom every day, God. I need more knowledge. I need more insight. I need more understanding. He says, this is James, half-brother of Jesus, who ate soup with Jesus growing up, who probably sat around and said, hey, let's count the stars tonight, and was overmatched, James. <laughs> James. He said, any of y'all like wisdom? Because I saw wisdom lived out every day in my brother. Any, any of y'all like wisdom? Yes. 
Then ask God, who gives to all people generously and liberally. You have not because you asked for the wrong motives. What's your motive? That's where I'm at. God, I want wisdom. Solomon prayed for wisdom. God goes, I'll give you wisdom, but you get, you got to press into me. I look at this in regards, Coach, to being discerning. I'm like, is discernment crucial? Yes. There's so many, there's so many people going to counseling now. You know when they go to counseling? A lot of people go to counseling because they didn't spend the time studying, preparing, and, and working through things, so they want somebody else to tell them what to do. Hey, I'm not going to study and read. All hell's breaking loose. I have violated biblical principles. I violated biblical truth. I, I didn't do what God said. Man, I need counseling. No, you need redemption. You need surrender. You need repentance. You need to get right with God and get on what God's page is. It will clean up a lot of this counseling stuff. Don't it, Chet? I mean, Chet has been in counseling for years, and it's like a lot of the people that come in, when you start trying to life coach them, they don't have this base that they're coming from. Can we all get sideways? Yes. Is life rough on all of us? Yes. Are we all trying to figure it out? Yes. But I promise you, when Master Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want to know the truth. Thank you so much for watching the message today. We hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it. I encourage you to check out our website. It's thecrossloganville.org. There's a lot of information about our church there uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are. And don't forget that on our website we have old messages and archived series so you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring. If you have any questions, you can contact us via the web or you could call us at the church at 770-554-3322. Thanks again for watching.